0: You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod.
1: The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this, like, you know,
2: intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard. To capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. I just, yeah, I, I had fun with it. <laughs> sure it was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never it.
1: <laughs> you won't make it in the future, do they I guys? don't think so, no. I am not a Toshiar fan. That's probably the
2: nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, Geek Boys and Girls. Welcome back to Geek Legacy's Escape Pod, where we are watching all of Star Trek the Next Generation and judging them harshly. Um, we're watching the series in order, and we are rating them yay or nay to see how well we date? remember this beloved series. Uh do, 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 do you want to be <laughs> my date? What?
1: what? I said that like I, think I'm uh, really. I said that like before we started. Sorry.
2: Well thanks for watching. <laughs> welcome. The voices you've just heard are, are, the, are the illustrious co-hosts of this podcast, <laughs> one Mr. Justin Cavender. How are you doing this evening, Justin? I'm fabulous. Thank you, Randy. How are you? And I, I am great, and I have no dates tonight, so I'm in no particular rush, but I am going to try to get through this. We're going to plow forward uh, on your behalf. And uh, Mr. David Edmondson, ever so delayed, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing
1: incredible. I've, I'm watching this episode with different eyes. uh, I've always been the white-eyed optimist of the group, Uh, so I I decided to channel my inner Randy and inner Justin and watch it through the lens of people are terrible, people suck, the world is terrible. And uh, you know what? It
2: worked for me. Well, good, because uh, (laughs) that's usually the lens I view the world through, so uh, maybe it'll be like we're speaking the same language. So uh, this particular week, um, we are on episode Hey, Randy, can I interrupt
1: you for a second? I feel bad. I just lied to you. I can't think like that. I'm an optimist. The world is great. People are amazing, and uh, yeah.
2: Well, y'all can die in a fire. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm it's teasing gonna be a weird course. one. This is because I'm just trying to get the train out of the station, and, and this is like the bicycle, and you're just jamming the fucking. <laughs> wouldn't uh, spike into the I'm like and that I lady from the Tour de France,
1: France with the sign that, like, sets yes. the pilot. up. Oh,
2: yeah, yes.
0: like, hi, Grandma or Grandpa or whatever it says. Yeah, you know?
2: exactly. She eventually turned herself in, which was the right thing to do. Did she? I thought, she did. I thought they tracked her down. No, no, it, it was, like, three days later, and there was, like, a manhunt going on for her, <laughs> wow. but then, then she finally uh, turned herself in. Well, from what I read, anyway, that's what happened. But uh, we're not here to talk about dudes and bikes and, and whatnot. We're here to talk about... Uh, Star Trek, the next generation. Da, so, da, 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 da. um, this was the 18th episode, um, that we checked out and it is called coming of age. It originally aired on March 14th, 1988. And, um, up to this point, uh, we're actually, uh, heavy on the yay side. We voted yay nine times for nine episodes and nine eight episodes years. are nays. um, so this one might balance us back out again if we vote nay, or it might uh, extend the lead of the A's. So we've actually been liking more of the episodes lately, and it's kind of weird. Um, but So this one, <laughs> this one, the blurb for the episode, is Picard finds himself facing a strenuous test of his loyalty to Starfleet, one which the other members of the crew are struggling to cope with, whilst Wesley faces an equally challenging entrance exam at Starfleet Academy. So... Um, this one was rated seven point two stars, so it's one of the higher rated episodes of the season. And it is it it does have a lot of Wesley screen time. So uh, whether you love it or whether you hate it, it is a thing. Um, but he's completely separate from the rest of the crew. Right. But I would say this
1: time. this is different, Wesley. So like I think what's irritating about Wesley Crusher is that he they have to put in our face that he's like smarter than all of like these like highly trained Starfleet officers in this environment where he was competing against like his peers, like I, I, found myself really endeared to him and really rooting for him and really, really, I mean, I'm going to say something nice about Wesley Crusher. I, I really enjoyed Wesley Crusher in this episode because he was, you know, I don't want to say he was in his lane, but he was in a scenario to where like, I, I bought it and I was invested in it and I wanted him to succeed as opposed to when he's on like the bridge and he's, you know, telling, you know, Jordy, who's got freaking supervision you know hey you're wrong jordy and stuff like that so i I really love the wish the crusher in this this episode and i think that for maybe the first time since we've watched the next generation i was equally enthralled in both the a and b plot of the story
2: yeah um it's interesting that you said that or even the phrasing that you use. he was in his lane um he was believable and he was you know dealing with people in a believable way and i think that was what uh also helped endear him to me as well um but i i find it a really interesting kind of situation where uh there are four people vying for one open position um for i, I and it's not just like a normal entrance to starfleet academy it's like for uh, officer training specifically. So it's not just like any old Schmo joining the Academy. This is like specifically like to be fast-tracked to officer training, but it was um, um, it was a, a Vulcan uh, two humans. And what, what was the blue alien race like Benzoite or something like that, who has a little mist breather thing kind of in front of his mouth. Um, so it was just like, Wesley and three other people that he was up against. And I felt that was like really weird. Uh, it's not like a room full of people and it's not like they let multiple people in. Only one is going to pass. And, uh, That to me, yeah. Well, it just feels like super (laughs) exclusive, and like you're welcome to come back and try next year. Was the kind of the sentiment, like if you didn't get through the first time, it's like, well, you know, how old a, a cadet are you gonna be at this academy if you keep going back? And it's like, all right, next year, all right, next year, all right, next year, or do you just give up, you know, before you finally get in that kind of thing? Uh, but it makes it sound like a really exclusive club, like Club 33, Disneyland right but with phasers
1: yeah and 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 uh, you know i guess we would consider it the a plot the whole you know picard investigation and um you know i i found the investigator as unlikable as he should be i lost my mind when Riker finally did the step over the chair maneuver i was like Thank <laughs> you fucking, did it. um I, I really it was a
2: perfect you know, moment too
1: yeah i thought it i thought it was great um I like the whole scene where the one kid steals the, the shuttlecraft and Picard like kind of walks him through like, dude, just just chill out. You're going to be fine. Do what, do the, do what I say and you'll, you'll be fine. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the, you know, some of the episode stuff was I felt like at the, like Picard had just like proven himself, like that he's this wonderful captain that everybody loves, you know, this, 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 this dickish investigators like, Hey, well, my stint's over, I want to come to this ship because you're the best captain you rate, have a great ship. And then the kid comes and he has this, like, kind of heart-to-heart with him. And the kid just says something simple, like, thanks for saving my life. He's like, this is my job. <laughs> yeah.
2: Was kind of, was kind of an yeah, novel. he just gets all pissed again, yeah. He goes back to noticed. stone-faced Picard. Uh,
1: but then he had this, this nice moment with Wesley, which kind of, you know, uh, you know brought him back down. Uh, but uh, it was just this weird little, like, five-second moment in the episode uh, that I was like, oh,
2: man, Picard, fucking just be nice. Uh,
1: but, uh, yeah, the rest of it I, just, I, I really enjoyed.
2: Yeah, having a character like uh, Lieutenant Commander Remick who is running the investigation uh, on the Enterprise is just like such a great character to hate because right. he just comes off as a smarmy guy who's looking, looking for any infractions that any of them may have done. And then when you find out that Picard is the one that's under investigation – Everybody on the ship just loves Picard and they're doing, they're bending over backwards to say like, no, he would never do that. Or no, you're, you're taking things out of context or, you know, that's not what I said. And it's like, they're trying to dig up dirt on Picard. And this guy just has such a sleazy fucking way to do it. And even when, when he's, interviewing, they did this great montage where it's cutting back and forth between the different crew members that he's interviewing, and his reaction. And it's like, you you think it's a reaction to one person. And then all of a sudden, he's interviewing the next and it was kind of a really well done thing. But what that leads to is this really kind of awkward interaction with Dr. Crusher. And he's trying to like, like, tell me about your personal relationship with Picard. And you know, it's because of him that your husband died and all that kind of stuff. And it just it, like, I don't know. It it just felt like he pushed the line there, and it just it went from being like a normal investigation to this guy just kind of pumping for information to like it's almost like this guy's out for blood against something uh, with something against Picard himself personally, and that was where the it felt like the investigation changed for me. Um, But it all it all ended up leading towards a good a good resolution, a good outcome. Like David was saying, uh, by the time this thing is resolved, it was all a test that Picard was being put through to make sure that he was made of the right stuff because the Admiral wanted to promote Picard himself to Admiral and be the commandant of the fucking Starfleet Academy. Commandant (laughs) Lazard. With (laughs) with the hooker in the uh, podium, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah so so it, it just felt like that was a really weird direction for it to go and then at the end this this hard ass uh remmit guy is like i want to join your crew because you guys are like a family when i finish my my tours as a, as a investigator i want to come to your ship and picard just like giving him the side eye, like the hell you will boy
0: right he's a dick guy yeah. oh man i like how he was always just typing on his little pad yeah there's like three buttons on that whole pad and he's just constantly pounding them every time someone's like opening their mouth it's so funny
2: and he's like spinning it around at the table like well how do you explain this and then they spin it back around and then he spins it around but this you know (laughs) it's just so silly
1: oh it's crazy
0: yeah yeah Remick. that sounds like a bad guy name
2: dexter lieutenant commander dexter remick yeah, it just sounds like somebody that you're probably not going to get along with.
0: Exactly the um the ca- the kid that Dave was talking about that was competing with Wesley prior to the uh, the part where Wesley docked and went off to the that academy or whatever at the trials. Um, his name is um, Stephen Gregory, and he is the bad guy in the Heavenly Kid. If you've ever seen that movie in the '80s with Jason Gedrick, where he's got like a sort of a guardian angel that's watching over him, it turns out to be his dad
2: yeah um, yeah shit, so, I, I didn't make that connection
0: yeah he's the bad guy in that and then uh oleana the girl that's like oh you're cute wesley she is the love interest for jason bateman in uh teen wolf 2.
2: i thought she looked familiar she she yeah. like <laughs> The, the rouge and the hair. I'm like, oh my god, this is an '80s snapshot. This girl here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even the same thing. Uh, Stephen Gregory, the, the, playing Jake Kurland, he had like this, this wonderful mullet going on. I'm like, God, this is so dated in the '80s.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of the, the only things is the hair, man. It's so bad to have a good haircut in the '80s. It's hard. But.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think one of the the good moments for me in this episode was uh, when Wesley uh, was going through the psych test, and he had to make a choice on who he was going to save, and it and it paralleled the decision that was made for his father. Uh, you know it's you got seconds or everyone's gonna die. What do you do? You know it's like a like kind of a weird spin on like the Kobayashi Maru kind of thing. and yeah. uh, I dug that. I, I I mean, you can't mentally prepare for something like that. And as, it was really cool to just kind of see, um, you know, Wesley loses. You know, he's always the one that comes up with something, comes up with the right answer, and there is no there is no right answer in this situation. And he, he had to learn that. And luckily, he was able to learn it in a situation where everyone was going to be fine, as opposed to a real dangerous situation. Um, but I think that that was... Um, almost like a rite of passage and sort of even like a, a growing up experience for him.
2: Well, sure. that goes to, to make sense because the episode title is coming of age. So yeah. that was kind of his coming of age moments. Um, but yeah, but to, to kind of uh, piggyback on what you said, he didn't know they were going to be safe and they were going to be fine. Ultimately when it was just revealed that it was just his uh, psych test, um, that's when he knew that, okay, both of the, both of the uh, crew members that were trapped inside of the dangerous environment were going to be okay, but he could only save one at that moment. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was great. And, and there was a lot of hype kind of, uh, built up against the psych test. Like he had, he wasn't worried about all of the academic questions and that kind of thing. All the other tests that came before the psych test, that was the one that he was most worried about because they're, they're supposed to make you face your biggest fear. And, um, you know, everybody, even before he goes down there, he's like, Well, how can how can they know my what my biggest fear is? Because after his first day of testing, he's hiding out uh, Wesley is hiding out inside the holodeck, um, back on the Enterprise. Um, And it's not on or anything. He's just in a black room with like white grid lines all over it. He's just like sulking in a corner. And Worf comes in to do some program. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. And then they have this great little conversation. And, uh, and even Warf was like, "Yeah, they, they, they even figured out what my greatest fear was and made me face it, and uh, and it was pretty terrifying kind of thing. So that mm-hmm. just like helps build this this anxiety that that Wesley's feeling towards. Oh my God, what's this final test going to be? This psychological test. Um, and then when he's in it, he doesn't even know. He gets put into this white room, um, and all of a sudden it just sounds like all hell is breaking loose on the other side of the door. And then he's he's faced with that decision, who to save. So." Yeah, it it was really, really cleverly done, especially because it's even referenced like in the A plot line with Captain with the whole uh, investigation against Picard, because when they are grilling his mother, uh, Dr. Crusher, um, you know, talking about the 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 whole thing with you know is she does she hold anything against Picard because it, you know he's responsible for the death of her husband it that's something that's always on Wesley's mind you know that's how his father died and you know is he going to be able to make that decision you know a lot of times people just freeze in a situation like that and they don't make a decision or they don't make it fast enough to save either of the two people at least he made a decision and that was a victory
0: yeah that was great yeah.
2: but anyway he lost because he's a big old loser. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Welcome to Loserville,
2: loser. Yeah. The, the, the blue alien, uh, character Mordock is the one that ended up winning in this place. And, and he tried to like overturn it. He's like, no, I don't feel right. Because Wesley had helped him an earlier, uh, leg of the test, um, which kind of, uh, allowed him to kind of finish this puzzle faster. He got like the second fastest time of all time. And it delayed Wesley because Wesley ended up helping this guy. Um, but even even after after he's like no it should go to wesley the guy that was like proctoring the exam was like no you know there's other reasons why wesley wasn't selected so um i totally thought it was going to be overturned and, and that was going to be how wesley goes to starfleet but they actually kept it so that he loses and the other the other character goes
0: yeah uh lieutenant nice. chang I think was his name
2: yes chang yeah that's right
0: yeah, yeah um uh, the vulcan lady uh her name is uh like tasia valenza she does voice acting she does um uh like in the batman arkham games she is poison ivy and Hmm. um she's also sniper wolf in metal gear solid
2: which is awesome
0: and it looks like she's a she's a computer in star trek discovery she's the the shenzu computer voice
2: Very cool. It's interesting that you say that she's a voice actor because I was looking at her going, I swear she looks familiar. Like she, she's got to be in something else that I've seen, but in fact, she's been in something else that I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, just uh, impressions overall on this episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, like you guys had mentioned before, I liked uh, the A and the B storyline. Um, I really, I was rooting for Wesley Crusher. You know, in an environment where he's uh, with his peers, and it felt age appropriate and knowledge appropriate for somebody you know of his standing uh, to be going for it. Um, and of course, I hated the guy that was conducting the uh, the the investigation <laughs> yeah. on on the enterprise but you're supposed to you know um and like i said the 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 outcome of it was was very favorable for everybody and of course picard doesn't take the uh the the position at uh as admiral at the academy but um because then we would lose about, out
1: right my only gripe about that is i don't feel that, that was really a a good plot thread for the 18th episode of the series like i I never thought picard was going to leave you know had this thread been in like season four or something like that you know i think it would have had a lot more weight uh you know i think it would have had a lot more emotional resonance in the back of our minds we might have even thought that picard was considering it if it had come in like season three or four uh -hmm. but you know while i enjoyed the plot and i enjoyed the thread it uh I, I felt like it was kind of hollow because it came so early on in the series.
2: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I was just sitting there thinking like, it seemed like every star Trek movie with the original, uh, cast in it, they were always trying to make Kirk an Admiral and they were always trying to get him out of the captain's seat. And I felt like, wow, this is the first time I've seen it happening to a card too. And it just, it made me think of the original, uh, cast movies. Um, But yeah, I never thought at any point in time he was actually going to take it because obviously we know he doesn't. But it's also weird, too, because like episode 18 of season one, it's almost like they're doing a recap episode because all the things that are being drudged up in this investigation are things that have happened in this season that we've all seen. So it's kind of like we're privy to all of this. Because um, they're asking about the stuff with the Ferengi and the mind control device. They're talking about having to save Wesley from, you know, they're breaking the prime directive to save, to save Wesley's life from those people that wanted to kill him for, for you know, walking on the flowers, that kind of thing. Um, like all this stuff that we as the audience are privy to. Um, so we feel like we're on, in the know on it. But it's like, yeah, we're only partway through the first season. It's an awful weird time to have like a recap episode.
1: Right, and I know Justin's trying to gotta leave soon, but the um, um, it's important to note that Kirk was an admiral for the first four Star Trek movies.
2: Was he really? Yeah. yeah. He got I promoted.
1: Thought- he gets demoted at, for, because of his actions in Star Trek 3 where he steals the Enterprise and goes to rescue Spock. He gets demoted from Admiral to Captain and is given command of the Enterprise again. Because
0: mm-hmm. gotcha. they save okay. the they save the universe with the whales and force. so like yeah. we'll just you know knock you down a peg, but <laughs> don't do that shit again, man. <laughs> right. You don't you don't own yeah. that starship; the taxpayers do. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think uh, he gets
0: promoted in between the time it was off TV and became a movie again. Yeah, yeah, yeah Fox the agree. captain
1: of the Enterprise in motion picture.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, you know I what? watch that? There's a fathom events going on of Star Trek 4 The Voyage Home on oh, August nice. 19th and 22nd to celebrate the 35th anniversary. I meant to talk about that earlier. Uh, yeah, so that, that is a thing. So
1: That's it's a good one. one. Yeah.
2: Huh. Well, um, just uh, to keep things uh, quick here, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys my vote for this episode. Um, I'm going to give it a resounding yay because I enjoyed everything about it, um, and I had a good time watching it, and I feel like a better person. Who wants, to go ne- who wants to go next?
0: It made you feel like a better person?
2: Well, it just made me feel good. I, I oh, sat there okay. with a big, dumb smile on my face, and, and I was just enjoying every second of it, saying, this is good Star Trek. All right. That's good for you. Go ahead, Dave.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's hard for anyone to imagine that I am also a yay. Um, you know, If I have nice things to say about Wesley Crusher, that means that the writers are doing something good. Um, I look forward to being irritated instantly with him next time he's on screen. But uh, this time, I really, really dug. You know, his, you know, trying to get into Starfleet Academy, him showing some of the the reasons why we're supposed to care about him as a character. You know, his empathy. You know, him, his, you know, I want to help everyone type thing. Uh, and then, you know, Riker did the over the the chair thing, which yeah, that's that's always going to be yay. Yeah, Riker's a bad guy too.
2: He did, yeah, he did it was his, an like, intimidation move. He did it yeah. as a straight intimidation because you never broke eye contact. Yeah, with that uh, that Remick guy. So I didn't mention that earlier, but I wanted to. Yeah, it was oh It was a straight, fucking, just like staring him down move. All right, Justin, what do you say?
0: Yeah, I'm a yay as well. I I enjoyed this one. I've seen Sweet. this one a lot. I know that there was that episode uh, a couple weeks ago where I was like the the Fountain of Youth one, where the guy just takes the medicine and and becomes young again during like that. Oh s- yeah, yeah. Negotiation episode. Um, this is another one of those episodes that. I just, every time I wanted to watch Star Trek, this was the episode that was. So I've seen this one quite a bit. So normally I watch these episodes twice. I'll watch them on Wednesday, and then I'll watch them again before we record this. Uh, but this one I only watched it once because I've seen it a thousand times.
2: Yeah, this one I don't remember seeing probably since it initially aired. So it felt new to me, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. Yeah, so I watched next it on
1: one-time speed. So that's, that's awesome. Oh, hey.
2: that, that is quite a, a, a big bolstering, um, you know word of endorsement from you, sir. Uh, All right. So next week, we have to look forward to an episode called Heart of Glory. Uh, And the blurb for that one is the Enterprise searches for answers as to why three Klingon warriors were the only survivors aboard a freighter just inside the neutral zone, which was seemingly attacked by a Ferengi ship. Um, So that one was rated even higher than this 7.3 stars, so a little bit higher. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out.
0: Nice. And now we're at five yays in a
2: row. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what to do with myself. But the, the good news about Heart of Glory, Rob Bowman is the director. He's already directed like four or five other episodes of this season. So he is tried and true. And it looks like um, some of the writing team is also uh, return visitors here. So um, we can, we can at, expect to go back to form. We're the at
0: 50 with, uh, with Rob Bowman, by the way.
2: Okay, that's good to know. Um and the, the the director for this past episode that we just talked about Coming of Age, Mike Vihar, that was his first episode and did really well. And the uh the writer Sandy Fries or Fries, I'm not sure. Um that was also that first episode that that person had written and it was kind of a uh a unanimous win for us, so we hope to see more stuff from them in the future. But for next week we got Rob Bowman coming back. So that's worth looking forward to, I guess. <laughs> he
0: likes the Ferengis. Every
2: episode yeah. he does, is a fucking freak. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, just to, to wrap it up, we are at 10 yays and 8 nays for the first 18 episodes. And uh, who knows what episode 19 will bring us next week. And I hope you all come back and join us for the ride. And until then, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Y'all come back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what he's like.